0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you today. Just pray this over yourself as I pray it over myself. Lord, ready my heart. Say that right now out loud. Lord, ready my heart. Don't, don't say anything else now. Just pray on your own. To receive, Lord, from your word. To receive from your spirit. It is time for me to receive. Tear down the waltz. Tear down the attitudes. Tear down the opinions. Tear down feeling threatened right now. Can't be threatened by the truth. Tear down all of these things that would keep us from you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, rule and reign and have your way in this place. Convict us, drive us towards the cross. For those that are not saved, drive them towards salvation, convict them and draw them towards salvation. For all the Christians that are in this room, convict us towards growth, drive us towards growth. Lord, tear down our pride tear down our need to maintain a portrait that other people see because you're not a respecter of persons, so we should not be a respecter of persons. Who cares what anybody else thinks? That we would leave this place changed, revolutionized, different than when we walked in. Just, Just now you can say this part out loud with me. Lord, I pray this. Over myself. In Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts one more time. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. There is another level. There is a next level in Christianity. This is not a placid faith. This is not a passive faith. This is not a dormant faith. But most Christians live in those three territories. Got one right from Pete to my right. You know why nobody answers with great enthusiasm? Because most people are dormant and passive in their faith. Where do you get this from, Tom? Because you know what I what I was told is that you know what you get saved and you just kind of hang on towards heaven and you try to find peace. That is not the case. I'm going to tell you today that what this faith is about is about power. It's about the Holy Spirit, it's about faith, and it's about the Word. That governs everything else. Tom, I thought that love governed it all. Love does govern it all, but love is power, and love is operating in faith. A lot of times, you know what what love is? Oftentimes, it's a default measure by Christians to not be powerful or operate in the word. Love is a default measure to excuse our lack of production, our lack of fruit. Prayer is oftentimes a substitute for taking action. Prayer is often a substitute for not saying the things that need and must be said. Well, I just pray, Lord, that you'd prepare their heart. They already did. Now you need to go tell them. Amen? There's another level that all of us, and it's not, it's what I'm talking about this morning is not just a level. There's a next level for you and I to get to. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Not suggested. Ordered. Most every single person in here, and that includes me, is strong held right at this very moment. If you don't know how you are strong held, believe me, the people in your life know, go ask them. If you, listen, and if you won't ask them, ask the Holy Ghost, he will tell you. But most Christians don't want to look at, and here's the thing, we, even in this church, people get acclimated to a baseball bat every Sunday. Here it comes. And they just kind of absorb the blow and walk out and don't change. They stay exactly the same. You shouldn't be the same Christian as you were two weeks ago, let alone two years ago, let alone two decades ago. should be very different than you are now. How do you know if you're different? I haven't got to the message yet. How do you know if you're different? What you're producing. And, and only, only in the American church, really, only in the eva- evangelical church our accounts accepted that gain no interest? Only in the American church. The rest of us, if our investments weren't making money, we'd find another investment guy or gal. But in the church, with well, you know, I feel like I'm growing on the inside. No, there'd have to be fruit or you're not. Has to be fruit or you're not. Tom, you talk about this all the time. What else should a pastor do? If you're pastoring... That means you're out in front of the flock. You have a rod and a staff in your hand. You're either in front or you're in the back prodding people along. It's not a matter of me taking you to a field and we all just stand there and die and never walk to water. And that that can be a difficult process. It may be a ways away. But every single one of us have a God-ordained step ordered in front of us right now. And we are strong held from taking it. Because the fruit would show us that we are taking those steps. Well, it gets quiet when you talk about strongholds, doesn't it? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians ten three through 6. Casting down imaginations. Boy, we're going to get deep into that. You, know, you guys in the back going, that what verse wasn't even given, given to us. I know, it just popped into my head. What is your next step? Most of us know. Most of us know. And people want some grandiose step like, you know what? I want to wear the headset on Sunday. That's not going to be your next step. I got saved when I was 18 years old. I didn't preach until I was 36. And that was in a youth ministry, as a youth pastor. So here's the thing. There is a, there's a step. Most of us already know what it is. Some of it is simply this. You have an attitude problem. Well, I really feel like I'm growing. It's the attitude pro- That attitude problem's been with you for a decade. See, a lot of us, we may not know the voice of the Spirit well enough yet because we've never spent time in the four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship every day. So we may not know the voice of the Spirit yet, so I urge you, Ask the people around you that love you. Ask them, where do you think I'm strong held? You may get an answer from your wife like you're a drama queen. (laughs) You might get that. And it's holding you back. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Now, this is not a placid faith. This is not a dormant faith. This is not a non-aggressive faith. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst to be right. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Does that sound like a non-aggressive, passive faith? To hunger and thirst for after something? To hunger and thirst after being correct? Everybody, see, everything today is accommodation and tolerance. Well... We know that, you know, you're trying. That's not anywhere in the Bible. You're supposed to hunger and thirst after being correct. Look on, let's look on 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. God's not about competition. Really? He's not about you competing with other Christians. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So it's not a matter of me trying to measure up against another Christian. It's me measuring up to the word of God, competing against my own carnal nature. It's competitive. There's things that are on the line Striving for a crown, First Corinthians nine twenty four and 25. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Yeah, right. Hmm. That, that sounds competitive to me. It sounds like there's a prize for us to win. And then you have to run to do it. How many, how many Christians get that preached to them? Well, don't do life alone. You're loved in this place. Enough with the love. We get it. We loved our way in the 99.9% of churches closing for a 99.9% survival virus. If that offends you, I don't take it back. Where does the word of God ever tell you to run from a disease? Ever. Well, you have to use wisdom That right there is heresy. For since in the wisdom of the world, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. What is that foolishness? You got a disease out there? Bind it. That's foolishness. Is that foolishness in your eyes? And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, those religious people, the gods which your father served, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Does that seem evil to you, to not mix in your wisdom with the word of God? For since in, the, in, in w- the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom didn't know God and then the church uses the world's wisdom in response to a virus? And yet here's the thing. Why would they do that? Why would people do that? I've been saying this on the podcast for the last three podcasts. Do you know why people abide in lies? Because they're afraid of the consequences of the truth. Put a mask on your face. Doesn't work. But yet you put it on. Why? Lockdowns don't work. You're in a lockdown, a respiratory virus. 80 plus percent cases of corona are caught in one's own home, and that's where they send you. So you know that it's a lie. Well, you know what? It's, it's Thanksgiving, and you know, Aunt Bertha. She's in the danger zone, so we're all going to put our masks on. For masks for what? Doesn't stop nothing. It's impossible. So you put it on for what? Because you're afraid of the consequences of standing in the truth. I might not get invited Thanksgiving. Welcome to the Daggum Club. I don't get invited nothing in my family. Nobody calls me for advice. Nothing. That's because you're mean, Tom knows because the Bible's coming. Should I move in? I've dealt with all this, with with parents and with with siblings. Should I move in with my boyfriend? Nobody's asking me that. No, because you're going to burn in hell for all of eternity. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Nobody preaches it, why? Because there's consequences to that truth. People can leave, the fornicators are gonna leave your church. No, they'll have an opportunity to repent. That's your job, it's not to keep them in the building. Preachers and pastors and everybody else in this room, your job is to preach the word, not, not count the cost. Preach it. We're, we're competing right now. This side's better than you guys over here. You guys look like you just received some sort of enema and are waiting for the results. Any minute now. Any minute now. Don't be nervous. It's all Bible. I'm not giving you anything but Bible. You're not getting anything but the Word and the Spirit. That's it. You're not getting anything but faith and power. That's it. Remember those two words, faith and power. Faith is what? What's faith? Faith. Faith is the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Your faith should be the word and the word should be your faith, period. Don't add to it, don't subtract from it. Book of Revelation, book of Deuteronomy. You do not add to it, you do not take from it, period. That's faith, what's power? I know you're afraid to answer now. I don't blame you. I wouldn't answer a daggum thing ever in this church, not one thing, I just sit there and smile, raise my hands. What's well, power? Power is the Holy Ghost. And for most Christians, they're, both of those are either not welcome or they are limited by your wisdom. We're limited by your religion. There should be no limits. To the word, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. There should be no limits. The reason why is you are the reason why you limit them is because you are scared of the consequences of standing in them. Blessed are you when people blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward never. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who, who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses the season, it is then good for nothing but to, be, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. Speak it. Don't worry about it. It's Matthew 5, 11 through 14. There, there's no weighing things out. You are a vessel of the living God. Speak in truth and speak in power. You're like, there's just too many consequences. From who? For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Galatians 1, 9, and 10. Bless you. First Corinthians 9, 26, and 27. It's not a placid faith. It's not a passive faith. It is not a dormant faith. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You're either winning or you're losing right now. I love you enough to tell you that. Most pastors are afraid to tell you because they're afraid you'll leave. People leave here all the time. You're like, this, you just don't care, Tom, because you're hard-hearted. I care about every one of them that leave. You know why? Because they're going to go to a church that doesn't preach the gospel because 99.9%, the same as the survival rate for COVID, don't preach the gospel. They preach their version of it at a church, church growth 101. Don't say this. Don't say that. Don't worship too long, but don't worship too short. Being nicer than the world and hanging around for heaven, though that's the path of most Christians, is not Christianity. That's not our faith. It's not what God has destined you for. That's what most Christians believe, that their call is to be nice and to be kind. Am I telling you to be rude or nasty? Believe it or not, you hang around me, you'll find out I'm not rude or nasty. I'm mainly quiet. I was sitting with a pastor this on Friday night at an event. And he said it would shock people to know that I'm sort of, I'm an introvert. Because he's a great preacher and he's an introvert. He's not, he's not necessarily looking for lots of attention. So you don't really necessarily know the person. I'm not rude or nasty, I'm basically quiet. When I come into a room, I'm more like he is. I go into a room full of people, I just kind of, I mean, it was funny because Hope and I were at this event and we're both standing there by ourselves. Like two wallflowers, you know. Everybody else is talking. Thank goodness some other pastor came out. I was starting to feel a little uncomfortable because we were just standing there a group of about 100 people. And I'm not rude or nasty or anything like that. I'm generally just quiet. But when God tells me to preach, does I preach every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday, and every Sunday. When I'm preaching, I'm preaching. It's on. People, are, people come up to my family. What's it like living with them? Boring. It's boring I'm not I'm not rage I'm not raging against the machine every day at the house I'm quiet I walk the dog I take vast t- sums of time off of looking at politics I study the word I memorize the word I spend time in prayer But being nicer than the world is not your destination. Should should we be kinder than the world? Yeah, we should be kinder, but that's not all there is. Where's the power? Where's the faith? It's an aspect of Christianity, but it's become the totality of most Christians' lives. Well, I'm nicer than I used to be, I'm not the drug addict I used to be. That's it? That's your testimony? 37 years ago, you were an alcoholic, and now you're not, and that's still your testimony. Well, where, where's the sight being given to the blind? Why are you not rich? Oh, Tom, oh, there it is. We knew it was coming. And see, right then and there, you shut things off. And that's a stronghold in your life. Many people, they, can't ha- they cannot hold on to church. They will find their way out. And I want you to think of it when it comes to to church. Every time you leave a church, that God, listen, first of all, did God tell you to go there? Then it's God that has to excuse you, not a family meeting. Well, we've all decided together that we're gonna go. I remember a woman that used to attend this church years ago, and I brought in a guest speaker as a favor to some people that I know. And I actually called the guest speaker and I told him, here's your parameters. Because I knew some of the things that he was about and he was a solid, very solid Christian man, but just was a little bit out there in areas that, well, I don't even know necessarily he's even out there, but there was just parameters that I put on him. And this woman ended up leaving the church. Oh, I see the path they're going down. Because he was about like the Bethel stuff in California and people waving flags. Oh, foundation, you really think you're going to wave a flag in here? You won't even get that flag unfurled. You going to blow shofars in here? No. And she goes, oh, they're going down. Because that's the kind of stuff that, that's what I mean by the weird. He was just out there a little bit. Great preacher, though. And oh, I see the path they're going. So she left for that reason. Did we ever go down that path? No. Did she ever repent? No. So she's not, it's had nothing to do with the church. It had to do with her own personal strongholds. And every time you leave a church that God has called you to, it's like restarting your, your retirement. I've known cops for years. Obviously, they go from one cop shop to the next. And they end up 30 years into a law enforcement career with no retirement. Because, oh, I hate this about this agency. Oh, I hate this about... Of course you're going to hate things about the agency. It's people. And cops are the worst. Seriously. I'm one for 25 years. I love cops. I love them. But you couldn't pay me to teach a class to cops. Right now, at least I'm a decent public speaker. I'm telling you right now, you couldn't pay me to teach a class to cops. He used to sit there in training. All cops do is mock everything. They live in a very septic world. But that woman, did she ever repent? No. Because it had nothing to do with that speaker. It It had to do with her. Here's the thing. If you are in the church, that's your opportunity for ministry. And you're not going anywhere until you grow up in that church. You can bounce as much as you want. I'll tell you about the horizontal and the vertical. Christians spend their whole life bouncing around horizontally, thinking, thinking they're growing vertically. They're not. They're just moving horizontally. Well, I'm really growing. How are you growing? Where? Well, I got offended and moved. Yeah, yeah, you moved all right, but it's a lateral move. You're actually going laterally and you're going backwards at the same time. You're certainly not going vertically. You're not getting closer to God, being offended all the time and finding your way out. You've been doing that for years. Where's all the fruit that shows that you're right? See how quiet it is Now you guys are doing better than you guys. Might as well make it competitive. That's what I'm preaching about. It's not a hold on for heaven faith. You should have a romantic, exciting groundbreaking, ground-gaining life. I don't care how old you are. There's no retirement. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. Why do you even consider yourself old if you're 70? Why? Because you believe anti-biblical thoughts. My spirit will not, will not strive for man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. Oh, that's the Old Testament. No, that's the Abrahamic covenant. Amen. Genesis chapter six, verse three. Right. You ever wonder why? And you're like, Tom, you always beat this horse I don't want you to die. I love you. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to think you're old because you're 77. You're not. Amen. You got. Feet. Listen, if you're 77, you've got 43 years to go. <laughs> Serious? I'm not joking. I'm not joking, I'm serious. The average age of death in America went down one year, it's now 77. The average age of death of COVID, 79. Fact. Well, close your church, why? Everybody COVID kills is gonna be dead anyway, because they believe the AMA instead of the Bible inside the church. I'm not kidding, that's what you should be. You ever wonder why it is? In America, America, allegedly, the front runner of technology, the front runner of Western civilization, that everybody drops dead in their 70s here, and over in Japan, they got people walking to work at 114. (laughs) Out there riding their bikes, and we, think about the difference. 77 to 114, what's that, 23 years, So 37-year difference, 37 years, because you believe lies. Close your church, lie, mask, lie, and they're coming again. That's why I continue to preach about it. They just tried it again with monkeypox. And listen, here's the thing, the CDC put out that you need to wear a mask. They're trying it. They float them out. It's like little, little test, little test currents. Let's put out this little test, see if they'll buy into it. Again, monkeypox is not an airborne virus, dum-dum. So why would you put a mask on? Not that mask-block airborne viruses anyway. First time in history we've ever tried it. It don't do anything. Monkeypox is spread mainly by sexual contact between homosexuals, fact. Oh, church, put a mask back on. Okay. Look him in the eye and go, no. Well, my city council will come and close my church down. Let him try. Do you ever notice how it never happened? Stealing this from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. You ever notice how it never happened in the U.S.? All those threats, nothing. Not even in New York City. Nothing. You stand up and you have the fear of God as your anointing They'll back off. 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. Placid faith or not. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Is that placid? You're supposed to be trying to hasten the coming of the Lord. not I've never heard that before. That's because you don't read the Bible. Your faith is somebody's convoluted version of love. Love that's not biblical. You want to love somebody, live like Jesus did. How did he love people? Uh, show, show me the kind words. Come on. Meet me at the door. Show me the kind words. I've read it. You better listen, I've got a lot of it memorized. So here's the thing, you better be armed. Show me the kind words. Measured by today's kindness. Kindness today is enabling. Kindness back then was truth. He made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple. What would happen if you did that today? That wouldn't be considered to be loving. I've told you this before. I remember a former worship leader came up to me after I preached right out of that John chapter two verse fifteen. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove drove them all out of the temple. So Jesus sat outside of the temple, himself, and wove a whip. You know what? Do you know the time and dedication that that takes? Made it himself and then went and cleaned out all the money changers and the prostitutes out of the temple. Right? Worship leader comes up to me, Tom, you preached that Jesus whipped people. That's right. (laughs) Because the word of God violated his faith. Therefore, his faith is heresy. If your love trumps the word of God, if you don't go to the homosexual, to the liar, to the fornicator, to the luster, to anybody, you don't tell them, you know what? If you don't repent, you're going to die and go straight to hell. You don't preach the gospel. You filter out the gospel with your love, which is heresy. We want them to feel welcome. Where's that in the Bible? What do you think we're going to do here at Foundation Church? homosexual couple walks in, we're going to swarm, swarm. No. But they're going to hear the word of God. More than welcome to stay, more than welcome to eat, whatever. But you're going to hear the word of God here. No matter what the sin is, you're going to hear it. Telling Christians, you know what, I just, you know, thank God you can never lose your salvation. It's not in the Bible. How dare you tell people that He that endures unto the end will be saved. Matthew 10:22. Matthew 24:13. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm, I'll spew, spew thee out of my mouth. Revelation 3:15 and 16, written to the church at Laodicea. "If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and wither. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Think about the Bible when it comes to your theology instead of thinking about your th- theology in relationship to the Bible. The Bible should be your theology, period. Amen. Be radical. You're gonna need to be radical. I don't get all the pastors that didn't repent of all their COVID mitigations when you see the proliferation of the vaccine passport all over the globe. Can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR-coded mark of the beast in all of the European Union, in all of Australia, in all of Canada, in New York City, and all of Israel. That doesn't wake you up. Revelation 13, 16, and 17 doesn't just pop into your mind. Christian leaders. That he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. And the next verse tells you how to think. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate, understand the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man and his number is 666. How does that not wake you up to say those vaunted three words? I was wrong. They use your masking. They use your church lockdowns. They use your mitigations. They use your quarantine to usher in the Antichrist spirit. And you still won't say the words, I was wrong. Why? Why? People wonder why it is that I lead the globe on people walking out in the middle of my sermons. That's why. That's why. And why why do I say that about pastors and Christians? Because I love them. I favor them. As you have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I want them back, and it's just a simple path. I was wrong, and I'm never going to be wrong again. Simple as that. I'm never closing my church again. I'm never locking down again. I'm never going to go anywhere outside the word. Add thou not to his word, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Proverbs 30, verse 6. And all the pastors were found that way that locked their churches down. The most mitigated countries and states on the planet are the ones that are swarming with the most cases, right now. Just came out in New Zealand. The most, the, the, the group of people who have the most cases, the, the most prevalent in cases, are the triple-vaxxed in New Zealand. And it keeps popping up all over the globe. In Scotland, in England, 90 of all COVID infections, hospitalizations, and deaths are among the double or triple-vaxxed. If you've been vaccinated, you need hands laid on you now. Drop your pride now. Philippians 3, 7 and 3, 8, but whatever was to my prophet, and it's not a placid faith, Paul could have sat there, Paul, Paul could have done sort of, a, of a, a religious merge. Well, I've accepted Jesus, but I'm holding on to my religion. No, he said, but whatever was to my prophet, he had everything to lose. Pastors, will you take your church? Man, put, go, to, go to Vegas, put those dice in your hand. Mm-hmm. On the word of God, I will. I will. That's what matters most to me, is not the acclaim of people or being successful. What matters to me is, am I preaching the gospel? Yeah. And Paul said, but whatever was to my prophet, they were, this is where you get the great apostasy. This is where you get in the book of Hebrews chapter six, one through eight, the great apostasy. It was because back then in Jerusalem, everything was tied to the temple. Groceries, water, everything. So they said to the people, you know what? If you're going to go this Jesus route, no more temple for you, which meant no more food for you, no more water for you, no more it takes a village for you, nothing. And a lot of people went back and walked with them. no more. But Paul said this, what I'm going to do, but whatever was to my prophet, I'm a Pharisee of Sadducees. When Paul would walk into the room, people would ooh and awe. Look how great he is. He's so beautiful in his robes. For you are like whitewashed tombs, for indeed you are beautiful outwardly, but inside you are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. So Paul said, but whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's what he chose. What's the next verse? I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Do you carry niceness, your world light, your diet world? Or do you carry power? See, when you walk into a room, you should be carrying the goats. A lot of people are afraid of it. They don't want. They don't want to rock the boat. I rock the boat. I, that's what God's. That's what God's called us all. You're the salt of the earth. What, what does salt mean? Next time you get a cut, grab your table salt. Burns but heals. Burns but heals. You're the salt of the earth. Next time you get some road rash, drive to Inglewood Beach. Get, on your, get your swim trunks on, dive in. Quickly, don't ease in. <laughs> dive in. And you'll come out screaming, ah, oh! but you'll be better. That's what you are. You're the salt of the earth. Listen, you're not the aloe of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. Do you carry power? Or do people, oh, he sure is a nice guy. Is that what they say about that you as a Christian, as a pastor, as a leader, whatever you are? Well, he certainly is sweet. No, they should be, you know what? That guy goads me. That woman goads me. What do most people do with the goats? Kick against them, just like Paul. By the time that Paul was met by Jesus on the Damascus Road, Jesus asked him, why do you kick against the goads? That meant he'd been goaded long before that. When he was overseeing the stoning of Stephen, he was being goaded by the Holy Ghost. What does goad mean? It's like a prong. It's actually in, the old, in, in, in earlier transitions, I mean, translations like the King James called the pricks. I call it the sand spur. Everybody in Florida knows what that is. That's an introduction. That's an orientation for Florida along with fire ants. You'll find them one way or the other. When you step on a sand spur, it goads you the opposite direction. All of us have done that dance. When we walk into a room, we should be carrying the goats. However it lands with people, it lands. Christians think that you're most Christ-like when you don't bother anybody. Is that Jesus? Nobody bothered humanity more. They nailed him to a cross and Christians think acceptance is being most Christ-like. Being most Christ like is 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 ruining the religious community so much that they feel like you have they, they have to nail you to a cross. Come out from among them and be separate, you should be noticeable. Not blending in. Well, you know, we're we're part of the religious community and we've been reached out to by the government. You should never be in cooperation with the world. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. But what if they have a righteous cause? They're, it's impossible. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. How, how is it that the YMCA or the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, how do they have a righteous cause? Impossible. The only righteousness there is is that which comes through faith in Jesus. You don't partner with them. Again, that's why most churches close. Well, we want to we show ourselves. You know, we want to be partners with the community. And where, where's, that, where's, where's that Bible verse at? Just curious. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. That's a Bible verse. 2 Corinthians 6.14, partnering with the community is yoking yourself with unbelievers. Well, that sounds awfully exclusionary. When did exclusionary become wrong? The Bible tells you to come out from among them and be separate. Taste no unclean thing. We're privileged people. I don't care what skin color you are. Don't yoke yourself with those who are unprivileged. Well, you're just acting like you're better than anybody. Yeah, I was made better. Certainly not myself, but I was made better. I, I, who else is a, a shining city on a hill? Amen. You and me. Amen. Jesus said that He was in John chapter eight. Transferred it to us through the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to know Christ. Back to Philippians three ten and eleven. I want to know Christ, and I want to be sweet and kind no if you live in the power of his resurrection you are sweet and kind what would you rather have somebody come up to you and say you know we're just we love you we're with you all the way you know we know that you're riddled with cancer we're with you you know what do you need or would you rather have the person come up to you and melt the tumors which one would you want I want the guy or I want the gal that melts the tumors, even if they have a lousy bedside manner. I tell people all the time I'm not a super nice person. I'm not. I tried to be, it's not going to happen. But if you want somebody who's going to tell you the truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you want somebody who cares about your well being, I care about your well-being. There's a lot of cops, you know, when I was a cop. Cop for 25 years, 1992 to 2017. 25 years in a day, I was a cop right here, Sarasota County. There's lots of cops who were sweeter than me, but why was it that I was on the side of the road fixing flat tires when they drove by? The mean guy stopped. I may not have sat there and said, oh, you know what, I'm here to fix your flat tire. Tell me your life story. No. I got out of the police car. Hey, how's it going? Flat tire? Okay, where's your, where's your spare? And a lot of people, oh, I, I, I don't know. How do you not know? <laughs> and I didn't even say that. Give me your owner's manual. Side of I-75. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Why was it, why was it that me that was handing people money all the time? Do you know how many times that I stopped people run out of gas? I'm like, first of all, how do you run out of gas? But that's beside the point. I mean, it's got a gauge right there. See that E? Stay away from that area. Didn't say that either. He ran out of gas. Do you have any money? Uh, No. Do you have a gas can? No. So I would go to the store, buy them a gas can, fill it up, come back, gas their car up. I don't know how many times I did that. The mean guy. Because what I'm more committed to is loving people than being nice. People will nice you straight to hell. A lot of pastors, they, have, they don't know it, but they've trans, trans, transitioned themselves into being ministers of darkness. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also... Transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. You don't preach the word; you're a minister of darkness. If you, if you, and I'm talking about Christians or pastors. If you don't minister the word, and you're filtering it through your love meter, your love filter, understand that that's heresy. You preach the word instantly. Everybody ever read the Bible? Preach the word instantly, instantly, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, popular or not, in season or out of season means popular or not, you preach it. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. See, what's funny is, and this is why a lot of Christians lose their kids, The world offers ambition and the church doesn't. There's nothing to shoot for inside the church. We're just gonna come Sunday after Sunday and listen to the chubby guy scream at me. (laughs) The chubby guy is trying to goad you forward. I'm giving you ambition, not selfish ambition. I'm giving you spiritual ambition. That there are goals, there are next levels to attain. Don't even think about next levels, think about next level today. What is God, what is my next step? But the church is founded on unbiblical values, so there is no ambition. Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, run in such a way that you may obtain the prize? And the church tells you there's nothing, well, we don't wanna be competitive here. What are you, the YMCA with participation trophies? Philippians 3.12, listen to this. Not as though I had already attained. How many Christians think of their faith as far as attainment? As a faith of attainment. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. Remember, what verse is this following? I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that, I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. That's a lot of, I mean, there's apprehend, there's attain. I'm going after things. What's the next verse? Most of us know it. What's the next verse? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But you're gonna have to lay down your strongholds. Are you weird? You're going nowhere. Are you a church hopper? Are you offended? You're going nowhere. A lot of you have been shut down from the moment I started talking about COVID because you're a COVID caver. That's who you are. Shut down, I'm not gonna listen to another word. You are strong held, not only by COVID, but by pride. It's just if you live inside of the church, like I have, you get to see people strongholds all the time. And I put that microscope on myself. There are strongholds in my life right now Does that make you feel better. There are strongholds in my life right now. There are strongholds in my life right now. There are strongholds in my life right now. So stop being offended. Get your thumb out of your mouth and stop being offended. I'm looking at some of the sour puss faces out here right now. You don't think I look at you, but I do. Would you get like a sour patch kid to the 10th degree? I press, I attain for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And there's no ambition in your life? I have lots of ambition. You know what my number one ambition is? To heal the sick. People probably thought it was politics. It's not. Politics is a mean to an end. It's to pull people into the realm of reality. It's not the end thing. Republicans and Democrats are jokes. They're they're two heads of the same snake. It's the church that will lead this country where it's supposed to go. The Republicans are not a shining city on a hill. Yes, I agree with them more. Why? Why do I agree with the Republicans more? Tom, how, how, why, why do you say this from the pulpit? You're not allowed to mix politics with the pulpit. No P and no PP. Who told you that? Find it. Meet me at. Find it. It's not in there. I'll say whatever I want. Oh, you're gonna lose your 501c3 status. I don't care. You really don't care? No, don't care. Go ahead, send them. There's probably some spy in here anyway. Go send them to me. I don't care. Send the IRS. I don't care. It's not going to stop me. You can't stop God with the government. You can't stop God. The Republicans, and certainly not the Democrats, are not a shining city on a hill. You are. But why aren't you shining? Year after year. Well, you know, this year, I added a new Bible fish cover to my Bible. And I, and I carry it in like this. I look really Holy great I, I've learned to talk in a more monotone voice now so that I appear to be intellectual and spiritual amongst the people you know you look like a, you look like a numbnut idiot stop worrying so much about your tone since that's not in the Bible and be concerned about what it is that you're saying, not how you say it. I, get, I know there's limits to that. I know. But again, we've already covered that. I remember talking to a dad one time when he was talking to me about disciplining his children. This is a person in my family. And he was like, well, you know what? I don't want to stir up rebellion in them. Okay. So basically, they run all over you so that they won't be rebellious in the future? No, you apply the word. And watch what happens. Because what you're doing is sowing into rebellion because you're rebelling against the word. He who spares the rod hates his son, But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 13, 24. When I tell you, what we were talking about, was my kids just keep getting up out of bed. I looked at him like, what is is that like? (laughs) What what is that like to be sitting out there watching TV and have your four-year-old get up five, six times in the middle of the night? You went to bed at, at seven or eight, and they're up at one? And how is it that they're not crying? Well, I don't want to stir up rebellion in them. You are sowing rebellion. Well, you have your compliant kids and your non-compliant kids. Bull crap. They will all comply. Well, you have your compliant Christians or your non-compliant. You don't want to, listen... You don't want to abide by the rules of Foundation Church. That young lady found out last week, you're not going to last too long. <laughs> Bye-bye. Does any of this sound like a placid faith, a passive faith? No. A faith with no ambition? No. A sit around and be nice and wait for heaven faith? No. Most Christians believe that, though. They really do. I'll close with this, heading towards the end with that. Most Christians, it's just a waiting room for death. Well, I got saved, and the eternal glory is on the other. My goal in life is to go to heaven. Does it say that anywhere in the Bible? What are you to be looking for? Heaven or the return of the Lord? A faith of victimhood? well, I really have no control over my situations. How many of you believe that? If you can bind and you can loose, then you are in total control. Does that mean there won't be opposition? Of course there's gonna be opposition. If you're standing in the word of God, you're now noticeable to the devil. There's going to be opposition coming your way. I've never experienced true opposition until our church grew. You you want to, you want to have no opposition, no demonic opposition, no demonic attacks. Stay small. Exactly as the devil wants you the rest of your life. And I'm not just talking about as a church. I'm talking about as a singular believer. Stay small, stay unnoticeable. Well, you know, we're just we're, we're good Christian people. No, you're religious. You might as well go to the Catholic church. <laughs> uh, again, I'll say whatever I want. That offends you? Do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 6, 53 through 67? This is the, the, the apostles said to him, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Why? All over a teaching. Followed a miracle after miracle after miracle, the loaves and the fishes and the walking on the water, and nothing. Out of being, out of being, here's the thing, if you're offended, what you should do is what? 2 Timothy chapter two, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Go home and pull out all these verses and see if you're offended after that. But most Christians will choose to be offended instead of studying to see if they even should be. Why? Because that's what they've done their entire life. Get offended and laterally move. Get offended and horizontally move and never, ever, ever going after the Spirit of God in a vertical move. You're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable. You're going to have to break through emotional barriers, drama barriers, wrong theological slash religious barriers you're gonna to have to break through patterns of behavior in your life that you have held on to for years i didn't get to any of this today it's 1201 and i need to be heading towards the end but since church doesn't start till really 1005 we're not at two hours yet <laughs> you're gonna have to you're going nowhere any breakthrough that I, what is prayer and fasting about fasting does not move God it moves your unbelief out of the way That's all that it does and many of us, including me, your only way out, Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 21, your only path out is to be ambitious. Prayer, Bible study, worship and fellowship. And in prayer, I also include fasting. You will have to fast your way out of your strongholds, but will you do it? A lot of you are strongholds. You don't even know what the stronghold is. And people are destroyed for. And you're not even available to hear what it is. But for most Christianity is just a waiting room for death. Why is nobody getting saved in our you know, why is nobody getting saved in our family because that's your model. Everybody's dying around you, everybody's depressed around you and you do nothing. You don't have any goats, You're not carrying goads. You're carrying with you a swarmy niceness. What good is that? Amen. Certainly isn't Christ-like, not with Jesus. Jesus isn't walking around, hey all, how y'all doing? You know, it's so good to see you today, praise God, glory to God, hallelujah. Just want you to know that you're loved, and let's not do this life alone. It's not how he operated, ever. Why, do, why does the church Who would want that? You wondering why your kids aren't saved? And I see these Christians come in and out of this. church. People that I know, their, their kids aren't saved, and they still think they're right. Well, you're just a little too harsh for us. Maybe that's what you needed. Is that what's missing in your home? You even open to that possibility? Open to the possibility of, at all that you were wrong. I'm open to that all the time. I'm o- to to a fault. I examine myself to a fault, and I mean that literally to a fault. Close them with this. So who would want that? Who would want it? Who would want a, a, a God's waiting room? Who would want that? Come, you know, come and, and, and get saved. It's an awesome faith that's great once you're dead. Once you're dead, Christianity's great. But while you're on earth, it's basically claw, put your claws into the side of the hill and just hang on, baby. That's your life. Who would want that? Is that life and life to its full abundance? John chapter 10, verse 10, is it? And I'm not bad-mouthing you right now, but a lot of us know that's not it, but that's what you live. Where's the goal? Where's the next step? What is it? And then once you're on that one, your steps are ordered. They'll be illuminated right before your eyes. That word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. One step after another will be illuminated to you. Your first step very very well could be, you know what? Improve your facial expressions. I mean, you're 64, and he's told you that for the last 34 years. And you've never taken that step, and you're always wondering why is it that I never got a ministry going? You never took step one. Do you know the correction that God has brought to my life? It hurts. You know how many times, basically, God has told me that I'm stupid? You know how many times God has mocked me? You're know, go. what, do you hear the voice of God? Absolutely, you don't. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You don't hear the voice of God? That's why everybody closed, can't hear the voice of God. Too busy with their religion, too busy being nice, too busy trumping the Bible with their loving kindness. I've told you this a couple times, but I struggle with temper tantrums. Way better now, percentages are way lower than they used to be. However, especially if my computer isn't working, I struggle. And I remember throwing many conniptions and I go, you know, throw a couple things around the garage, storm out into the neighborhood. And I'm walking and God starts telling me, now what are you gonna do? I don't know. What are you, you going to do the rest of the day? <laughs> the anger's already gone. Now what are you, I don't know. <laughs> I remember close to 20 years ago, my wife and I, we it, we got, our, we got our mortgage, and we, we found out that it was off, or we couldn't afford it, or there was something up with it, I can't remember what it was. And this was a glorious moment in my life. My mother in law's in here too, Norma. And they were there because they came over to give us advice. Norma and Jim came over. And they gave us advice. I mean, we were in trouble. I mean, we couldn't afford it. And I remember I just got flaming mad. Not at them, but I stormed out of the house, got in my car. Probably a police car. Drove off. Started writing people tickets. Oh, yeah? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> over take it never (laughs) illegal lane change no turn signal I'm just kidding I was never much of a ticket writer but I drove off I'm storming, and literally I got about four minutes from the house and the Holy Spirit did it again now what are you gonna do I don't know I just turned around and went back. <laughs> and a lot of you struggle with this. You act like an idiot, I repeat, and you act like an idiot and you never apologize. That's your stronghold. That's your stronghold. A lot of you women, you can't be out of a relationship. It's your stronghold. It's why you never grow in the faith. It's why you never have a ministry. It's why you never give sight to the blind. It's why you have no peace in your life. It's why you struggle with being bipolar. You won't relinquish the stronghold. A lot of you Christians, you, you are people who, you're, you're resume givers. You move into a church, hey, pastor, um, you know what? I spent four years with Jerry Savelle and I, and, I, and I spent four years with this person. So? Have you plugged in here? I was just wondering, do you, have any, do you have any openings for any preaching ministries in your church? No, not for you. And have you noticed how the doors never open? Resume giver? Do you even notice? Oh yes, they did. Yeah, they opened for two seconds because some pastor was desperate and you left that church too. Resume giver? If I knew any other pastor's names right now that I didn't like, not that I don't like Jerry Savelle, I do like him, but I'm just saying I can't think of anybody else right now. They get that all the time, that's your stronghold. Are you moody? Every day, shh, what are you supposed to do? What do you do with the mood? Come on, what do you do? What do you do? Take every thought captive, make it yeah. obedient. Not try. Not attempt, make it obedient to Christ, but I'm, Tom, it's it's sorrow, it's depression. Make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Oh, woe is me, I carry a large and heavy burden. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Oh, I'm so afflicted. No, you know what? You're not afflicted. That's Proverbs 15, 15. You are actually evil. Yeah. Bipolar, depression, anxiety, evil. It's true. I've had anxiety attacks. I know. What I, listen, I know. You know how I got anxiety attacks? You know how? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. I behaved like that. I behaved in obsessive compulsive behaviors and you're going to give yourself anxiety attacks. What do you do? Reverse it. Take every thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. That's what you do. And it's going to take some time. People are, well, I tried it. It didn't work. Now you spent four decades sowing into whatever is wrong in your life and you give God four minutes. God will be way faster than, than... than what your efforts were to make the calamity happen, God will be faster as long as you're dedicated. But he's not going to reverse it in two seconds. People always want, oh, here I am, it's 12-12, See, people always want, they want to come forward, which we're going to do in just a second. So I believe in it, but they want to come forward and be instantly delivered. You talk to Rodney Howard Brown, and people always get laid out with him, right? He will tell you that's simply a launching point. You're now, need, you're now going to have to do the four essentials, even though he doesn't use that vernacular. Prayer, Bible, study, worship, and fellowship. You're going to have to do it. Or that will be the end game for you. I was laid out as a great spiritual moment, and what do most Christians do with that? Build a monument to it and burn incense to it. I, I get that all the time. Yeah, I was back. We were part of this ministry back in you know 1997. Man, it was great. Spirit of God was moving. So from 97 until 2022, you have nothing that compares to that. You're nothing more than a Catholic burying statues in your backyard. I don't even know what they mean, bury Mary upside down, whatever, for this, for that. Just go right down the road, right literally, right down the road to your right. It's a Catholic church. Just go there. If you're going to build monuments, even if you're, the most religious people on the planet are Pentecostals. I'm telling you, it's true. So many things popping in my head right now, I should Stop. <laughs> You want to know some religious Pentecostal things? People dying of tumors, but your leg lengthening. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you haven't been in these circles long enough. So I'm looking at the faces. I can tell the ones you know it. Oh, we prayed over people. And we, their one leg was shorter than the other. And it, we all saw it move. Who cares? Who cares? The person wasn't walking around like this. They're walking completely normally. But now you get to act like you're miraculous when you're not. This is Pentecostal religion. You want power? Melt the tumor. I want the people in wheelchairs in this church out of them. Tom, aren't you nervous about laying hands on them? No. If I fail, you know what it is? Unbelief. Mine or theirs. Or a combination therein. I'm not afraid. I just go with the Bible. Tom, why is it that when you've prayed, it didn't work? Unbelief. I go right to the Bible. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 19 through 21. You gonna go that route? Now, as we progress in this message series, we're gonna go with individual strongholds. You gonna keep coming to church? It's dangerous. It's dangerous in here. You are not called to be an Americanized Christian. Well, we got our family in our 2.5 bathrooms. Being blessed by God. We're praying now. We got the college fund going. We're praying that junior gets into the university of Florida. I've heard that minutia, that vomit my entire life. What about all the people dying and going to hell around you? What about Sarasota Memorial Hospital being full of people? Right now, they are full of people in the, in the ICU who have had heart attacks, probably from the vaccines. What are you gonna do, Christian? I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do right now. Worship team, make your way. I'm giving to you, I'm letting you think. Not too long, but I'm letting you think. You always know that I'm about to pray when I bust out one of these. So that you don't get dragon breath all over you when I'm praying over you. Tyrannosaurus Rex breath. You're like Tom. You just you're not serious about anything. No, what I am is I don't I I don't sit here and live with ominous music on in the back of my back of my head. Joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't have to be serious and then pray. You just stand in faith. Need me laughing while you're praying. If you need to be delivered today, I don't care what it is. Anxiety, depression, bipolar, Tom, you mock those things. Yep. You know why I mocked them? I mock them in the presence of God because they can't stand. Amen. They cannot stand. If you've been vaccinated, You need that vaccine out of your body. Tom, I get tired of the politics. Really? Is it really political? Is it political to say the number one cause of death in the black community is abortion? Is that political? And I get called a white supremacist, and I don't want anybody to die? I get called a racist, and all I want is for both white, black, Hispanic and any Asian, any other babies? I don't want any of them aborted to the tune of 41.2 million babies per year. And you talk about COVID. You close your church for COVID? That's 200 million babies in the last five years. And we're talking about COVID? 200 million, and that's the reported ones. Vaccines are not political. People are dropping dead all over the planet. That's a fact. You want to know? Listen, you're like, "Well, that's not what CNN tells me." <laughs> CNN, Fox, MSNBC are just propagandist wings. You want to find out what's really happening? Why don't you follow doctors on Twitter? DR, MD doctors on Twitter and what they're seeing, what they're seeing. It's not politics. They're not Republicans, they're not Democrats, they're not foundation church members and most of them are not saved. What are they seeing? You look look at Justin Bieber. And he just still doesn't get it. You have a 21, 22, 23 year old wife who suddenly has blood clots? Who gets blood clots when you're 20? Nobody, statistically speaking. Half of his face is paralyzed as "I can't blink." It's because you're triple vax for a virus you had no chance of dying of from to begin with. A gene therapy? You need that taken out of your body. This is not small, folks. It's happening all over the globe. Antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. You have no ability to fight off infection. You have no ability to, ability to fight off even a common cold. It's happening all over. Follow the MDs. Don't listen to me. Go ahead, cut me off. Go ahead, harden your heart. But go on Twitter, pick 40 physicians, and read them every day. Take you less than a half an hour. And you'll see what's happening around the globe. Go to follow follow an RN. I can't remember her title right now, but I've got it on here. R N. She's a title like Emergency Room RN of what she's seeing. She's about to leave the profession. Because every day, 18-year-olds are walking in there with capillary blood clotting and having strokes and heart attacks. If you've had a vaccine, drop your pride and get up here and be prayed for. And as well as any other ailment. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to come up to you and go, what are we praying over? Because there's going to be too many people for that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay my hand on you. It may be one word, it might not even be any words, but when I lay my hand on you, you and I are in agreement for complete and total healing. If it's vaccination, every every last ounce of that death juice being leached out of your body and all of its damage healed in Jesus' name. That's what we're believing for. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are This many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved.